Interesting thing is though, I've uh, I've been trying to cut down my coffee intake Fuck because off. it was no. getting to be a problem. So no. now I'm down to like one coffee a day, which sucked. But today I've already had two with Dale. I'm having more now. So well, that's the energy we require. Yeah. It's the energy. See, <laughs> maybe. Sam is but if I get to... sent to the year thirty forty two, you guys have to call me a space ambulance. That's all. Okay, we can do. I have that number on speed dial. Mm. <laughs> Shall we kick off, lads and ladettes? I'm sorry, I am going to eat though. Like, I'm mm. not even going to wait for you to go. I'm well, just... you eat. We'll cue the music. There was but a morsel of spice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Hang on. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay, that's delicious. Hello. Hello, friends. And welcome to the Music and Everything podcast. We have our mouths full. <laughs> but we're going to do our best to dive into a particular topic and find out what it is that makes it sing. What's exciting about it? What do we love about it? And what do other people love about it? We're going to find out today. We're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to laugh about some stuff, and hopefully, against all odds, we're going to learn some stuff as well. My name is Jim. I'm with the mighty learned power couple that is the Sam, Samuel, and Samantha Gray. How you do? How you guys doing? How you doing over there with your mouthful of puppet Mouthful of puppet <laughs> All right, good, good. I'm good. Right now, we're eating. What are we eating, Samantha? Oh my god, I literally put food in my mouth. Yeah, I'm good. What are we telling? Tell the people. Um, we're eating aloo gobi. Okay. Which is a potato cauliflower curry from. The North Indian region. Oh, delightful. Yes. And you've made some kind of paprika. Yeah, it's yogurt. just paprika yogurt. It's just paprika oh, and yogurt. It's just paprika. I'll just, just, yeah, just throw it really together. Threw it together. <laughs> I just gotta throw it together. I, I wish you guys can taste this because it's so good. <laughs> and the reason that we're doing this is because today's topic that we're really excited to cover is comfort food. Oh, fuck. That was in stereo, boys and girls. Love it. Totally unintentional as well. That was not planned. Mm. <laughs> So we're excited to cover this because comfort food means something different to every single person as an individual based on culture, childhood experience. I know what my comfort foods are. We're going to eat some of them later, and uh, which is why we're starting with this delightful curry. So Samantha was chief investigator on this one, and yes, I did make the hat, and yes, she is wearing the hat. It's very comfortable. It is a very comfortable. It looks like trash, though. It's like, it's like a green trucker's baseball cap with Chief Investigator written in sci-fi font in pink. So it's picture that much however the you like. Least, like most clashing colors. Yeah, it's truly as it's awful beautiful. as I could make it, and here we are. And it's perfect. Tell us about comfort food, Sam. I'm going to okay. keep eating. You're going to keep eating. Okay, probably. Um, 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 um. Well, I guess I'll stop eating. Jesus. Yeah, please do. Um, so there's an interesting thing when looking at comfort foods, kind of very broadly, is that the general consensus is that comfort foods are foods that provide psychological well-being, have a sense of nostalgia or childhood memory, and are also high in calories. Interesting. Or cheese. <laughs> I feel like cheese covers that. But does cheese sort of stand on its own? Like it, it doesn't just involve cheese, it's just... Yeah, no, it's, it's not a part of this definition. <laughs> no, but it's, it is very interesting when we get into talking about different kinds of comfort foods, there is a consistency with cheese. Cheese is always there. Cheese is always there or nearby, you know? <laughs> Cheese adjacent comfort food. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Like as long as you can eat it while smelling cheese, yeah. it's still comforting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You need the cheese on the table. But I think there's something really interesting also looking at the way people talk about comfort food is there's this distinction between comfort food, like what we, we kind of know as is the nostalgia, mm. and then comforting food, mm. which is sort of more of the stuff that you eat to make yourself feel better. Yeah, I'm an emotional eater. Yes. I am, 100%. Mm. It's awesome. I go through periods of depression and I just get fat and it's sick and it makes it worse, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, bring me the fast food. Mm. But I mean, I feel like I'm not alone in that. Like, I, I think a lot of people have had that experience where they're, you know, they're eating ice cream off the couch. Yeah. Mm. Off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just fucking throwing it at the couch. No, like, you know. The, the, That's when the rage really sets the in. The stereotypical kind of 15-year-old teenage girl first breakup in the mm. movies kind mm. of thing. You know, sitting down, eating ice cream out of the tub on the couch. <laughs> and then off the couch. <laughs> Uh, you know, and like possibly me later. I've definitely been there, and I, I've actually been there uh, in positive times too. Mm. Um, coming, back, I remember we went on tour um, in 2018 to Europe, and across that tour, I had been strict vegan for a, a long time, and I'm not anymore. But I, at, at that time, I had, and there was very little food on the road that we could actually get that was vegan. And so, instead of you know flexing and and being reasonable, I stayed staunchly, firmly, you know, with the values of that and and lost about seven to eight kilos across the four-week tour in Europe. And so I came back and I was just like, all right, I need to put calories back on and just, and it, there would be evenings of eating ice cream on the couch. Vegan ice cream, but ice cream nonetheless. <laughs> yes. It'll get the job done. Mm. Yes, and you'll be surprised how often ice cream comes up in any study around comfort oh, foods. Comfort and there are studies around comfort foods, which is a very fascinating thing, both from a diet like dietary thing, mm-hmm. nutrition, medicine, but also from psychological standpoint, which I think is really, really interesting. I'm curious though, because it's almost like it has to come down to a definition thing, doesn't Mm. it? Because, you know, other people's comfort food might literally just Mm. be comforting food because maybe they didn't have that thing that that mum used to make, you Mm. know, or or the the thing that they always had. Excuse me, Mm. Christmas, I'm currently burping up curry right now. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you could smell this, (laughs) I really wish you could. Yeah, no, I I think that it definitely comes to a definition thing. I think they overlap constantly because sometimes the nostalgic food is the comforting food as well. Mm. And I do know, like, I actually polled some people in my office about what their comfort foods were. And I had to, I made a, I asked them the question, just like, oh, what would you describe as your comfort food? McDonald's came up a bunch. And then when I redefined it as like, well, what's the food that sort of makes you feel like you're having a warm hug Mm. when you eat it? Um, They shifted answers to like, their mum's tuna bake or the lasagna they had growing up or mm. like curry, which is, mm. and curry for that is me. It's just like, totally. I eat any curry and I'm just like, oh, I just feel like I'm being I'm in a blanket mm. and I feel like really cozy and homely. And so there's always a, well, not necessarily always, but there's very often a, a childhood element yes. to yeah. that then in that case. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because I mean, if if you're forming these these memories and like, I suppose you know, if you think about your childhood, I'm only I'm only considering this now because I've done no prep for this episode whatsoever. Um, it's not your job. Is it? yeah, it's not, it's, leave that to the person wearing the hat. <laughs> My job. Uh, this, this is straight off the dome. Uh, I've literally forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> you're thinking about childhood and childhood and, memories. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No. Uh, thinking about the way that you remember things. Of course, it's cartoonish because your brain is still forming, and you don't have a kind of realistic view on the world. And even our adult memories aren't that strong anyway. But so when you're thinking about something from a childhood, it's like so amplified to the point where, you know, you, it's, it is this cartoon of... For me, it's mum's trifle. Mm. Like, you know, every time... Mum made a trifle every single Christmas and that's her mum's recipe as well. Mm. Mm. So there's a generational uh, 
the hand-me-down of this, this beautiful sugar thing. Sugar <laughs> thing. No cheese. No cheese. But there is custard. Yeah, which yeah, I think is custard. like dessert yeah. cheese. Custard and cake. <laughs> custard and, is and dessert cheese. Fruit and Sorry. port. And <laughs> custard is dessert cheese. I was having a memory and now that line has just sort of just permeated the shell that I was creating for myself and now I feel vulnerable and attacked. of security. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Custard but I mean, is dessert cheese. That's I'm, like saying cereal is breakfast soup. Get out of here. <laughs> well, the childhood thing is not just a, like, in a way it's kind of just like a, a, a simple conditioning thing is how the, like, the food psychologists have described it. Like it's, you, it's simple conditioning, like a positive thing associated with this repeated, therefore you have a positive situation mm. it, it's um, a associated with that. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. simple, just like, yeah, positive feedback loop. And I think that's why for me, my, like some of my comfort foods are always like the food that my mum would always put on or make mm. when it was like there was a little bit of extra effort had to go into it. So she'd make like a fried rice and she'd make like the omelette and roll it. Mm. Sorry, curry burps. Curry <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Um, and then she'd slice it and then she'd make the fried rice or she'd always make these like beef and red wine slow cooked meals that always would ha- take prep and take time. Amazing. But they weren't every day. They were like these special things. Um, that and like pavlova. I was going to save this story for later, but I feel like it actually suits right now. Is that the, because we're talking about the childhood thing mm. and the and the again the repeated element and the the ritual element to it? Um, I have a memory. I, I had a mate when I was like sort of 18, 19 years old. We were really close at the time, but sort of stopped speaking and, and sort of drifted apart after that. Um, and I, I remember I was doing that kind of teenage bumming around thing, you know, the shoes off, guitar on my back, and staying at a friend's house for Christ knows how long, <laughs> and. Um, I was there staying at his place and his mom came home one night and she was cooking dinner for everybody. And um, he asked what it was and she said she's making franks and beans. And he absolutely flipped. He was just like, dude, Jim, I'm so glad you're here for this because mom's franks and beans, it's like the best thing ever. You, I can't wait for you to have this. And he was stoked. And I'm like, oh, sick, man. And I had never had it. Like it wasn't something that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what to expect. And I sat down and the meal uh, you know, essentially came down to uh, tin baked beans and little chopped up Cheerios, like little mini mm-hmm. kind of hot dog sausages cooked through. And there might have been some other seasoning or whatever in there, but that's what we were eating. I'm sitting there going like, okay, well, there's nothing really special about this. And it's only now as a parent mm-hmm. that I'm able to kind of look back on that and go, the reason he's amped about that is because that was amped up to him by his parents mm-hmm at a time where resources were scarce mm. or time was scarce. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you don't want your kid to feel the stress of, you know, like, oh, Jesus Christ, we didn't get, we didn't get to the shops because we didn't have any time. We don't have any food. Let's put yeah. something together. You go like, hey, it's exciting. You know, we're going to have breakfast for dinner. How cool is this? We're going to have baked beans on toast or like, mm. you know, something like that. And mm. you make it exciting. And, and I think mm. that's what happened to my mate. And so even to the point where he's 18, ostensibly he's an adult. We know, of course, that he wasn't. But like <laughs> in that moment, this adult person was looking at a, 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 a fake good thing and it was just as real to him as cuisine. Mm. And I think that really captures the fact that you can carry these comfort foods all the way through to adulthood with you because of the, the ritual element. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's why, um, well, I mean, what, what's your comfort food, Samuel? Would you would you? Well, describe? I mean, that's what I was about to say is that like, so this is all about positive associations in, in, child, in childhood. And that's so important because... Well, I mean, what did you describe mm. about what bringing positive feeling from comfort food? But um, one definition of comfort um, is is a feeling of security. Hence, the hence mm. comfort zone. Mm. You know, like hence you kind of put up a, a, a little world of you, of life that um, you're secure in. And um, by the same token, like comfort food sort of reminds you of that security. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we constantly associate it with with childhood. 
Mm. Um, it's a time when you didn't have to protect yourself. Yeah, exactly. Or a time where you didn't have to sort of do prepare things for yourself and whatever. You, you didn't have to stand on your own. You were a dependent. You felt safe. You felt secure. Yeah, That's awesome. Safe. So it's mm. like safety foods. Mm. You know, it's or uh, you know, it's 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 like instead of uh, maybe comfort food, it's just like it's um, food in the shell. I, I don't know, like em- embryo food. This is not going well. Uh, <laughs> we it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't like. It, like as you said, like you know, it's sometimes it's kind of bad food from a culinary perspective. Mm. Mm. I mean, actually. Very often it is. Mm. So, like, if you look on your wiki page for comfort foods and look down, like, by country by country and you come to Australia, the food that is on there is, oh. is, is not good. I have a list. <laughs> oh, oh, God, you have it. Please, please read it up. Mm. Excellent. Let's do Sorry. it. Sorry. Now read it to yourself. We'll just... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, sausage on bread. Oh, yeah, oh. bunny Democra- snag. Yeah, d- like democracy bunnings. sausage, bunny snag. All, all the Aussies out course, there, am I right? It has to be Shit. white bread. Shit Shitty white, white bread. bread. Yep, stale. Burnt onions mm-hmm. and um, a cheap cheap barbecue cheap sausage. sausage. Yep. And also on the tomato sauce, which is like most other countries have a tomato sauce that is ketchup. But I've learned now that tomato sauce in Australia isn't ketchup at it's all. It's sweet as <laughs> it's, it's very different. terrible. Yeah, yeah it's not so made ours with are unsweetened, right? Yeah, yeah, and ketchup's made with vinegar and our sauce isn't. Oh, yeah. the more you know. So that's an, that's an Australian <laughs> flavour. It happened. Yeah. The other other ones are like, oh, this one was great. Um, burger with the lot. So like with a, a, chi- lot. a chippy burger where you get the beetroot and the and pineapple the egg and, and the, the yeah, egg. I, mean, of course, I was going to say beetroot on a burger yeah, has to be on that list to. for sure. Um, Vegemite on toast, divisive. It's a very divisive. I don't know. If or, it's, I mean, it's or, pretty fun good. I mean, it's I, like it's I, a combination I, of butter and salt. Again, you split our family apart. <laughs> How can we stand for these divisions? Well, I mean, like, okay, so are you arguing in favor of promite or are you just saying no mite at all? No, no, no mite. No mite. That is not the place of yeast. There is no the yeast maybe. is already in the bread. Don't yeast. be spreading it on top. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, don't extract the yeast. All right, so we're not going to agree on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, like, lamingtons. Lamingtons, okay. I can, I'm, I'm behind that. We can I all get behind Who doesn't like a... Who doesn't, <laughs> actually, we should explain what a lamington is, Oh, yeah. Actually. Isn't oh, it shit. stale sponge dipped in chocolate and then coated in coconut? Flake, desiccated coconut, coconut shred. There's also jam somewhere in there. No, not, no, 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 not in a traditional. Not always. Not in the ones that you, you know. Okay, I say traditional, but what I mean is the ones from like, the shitty yeah. shops. You the know, ones like, you get like twenty four. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It's like dry sponge with a chocolate yeah. kind of outside, not a firm chocolate, like, and then mm. uh, dusted with with coconut of some kind. And, and it's delicious. It is delicious. The whole thing in your mouth at once. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think didn't you find some horrific things on that list? I didn't have to find it. I thought of it. Because of Australian food. So to listeners who are not from Australia, uh, some of this might have sounded pretty crazy. Uh, the meat pie is probably known to you. Yes. Uh, the meat pie, and if, if, especially if you're an American, the meat pie might be very confronting a concept. It is not sweet. It is a savoury pie filled with you know, beef mince and gravy. Yeah. Generally not good, and it's actually kind of better when it's not good, to be honest. Yeah, much. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of what we've just said. Yeah. <laughs> like the that shitter. burger with the lot. Yeah. I did not picture a neat burger at all. No, no, no. Sloppy. That's sloppy. Stale bread. Yeah. None of what Real we've bad. said about comfort food so far explains the plot, the pie floater. Can you explain the pie floater to me? Because I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah, okay. So the pie floater is what South Australians did to a perfectly good meat pie. Okay. So... Just in Adelaide, see, in, South Australia. In episode Australia. one, we cast aspersions on Tasmania. And now, <laughs> and now we're, we're attacking South Australia. And I just feel like we're going to run out of states before we run out of time. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just circle back. Circle back to yeah, Queensland. Yeah, no, we'll and then start, yeah. Um, yeah, so in, in South Australia, ever since the late 19th century, there's been a peculiar dish 
called a pie floater, in which you get a meat pie and you submerge it entirely in thick pea soup. A pea but soup. But what direction? What direction is it submerged here? Upside down. Upside down. It sounds a lot, and, and okay, I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but it does sound a lot like something that happened by accident from someone that doesn't like to be wrong. Oh, my God. It's in the, oh, actually, <laughs> I was just like, no, 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 perfectly according to play. Yeah. Somebody trying to get a refund for their upside-down pie in someone else's soup. It's just like, no, it's how we make it around these parts. That's not a South Australian accent, I don't think. It's not. No. It's garnished with tomato sauce, Australian tomato sauce. Okay. Or mint sauce. Mint sauce. Yeah. Mint sauce. That's just murder me. That's, that's, that's the end. That's no one can explain this. And so apparently it's got roots in northern England, okay. uh, like in kind of Yorkshire way, where they'd have pea soup and meat a lot. And, of right. course, like meat pies sort of originate from England. But Doesn't don't explain how the pie got in the soup. It's <laughs> fucked up. I don't yeah, like that at all. That's not okay, is it? I don't it? like that you at know, all. It's just taken a dark turn. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there's comfort foods that we can all agree on, and there are definitely comfort foods that you just like. We Like when you look at the one the comfort foods in the United States, and, like, they really do the cheese. Oh, yeah. They do the cheese. Big dairy folk. Where did dairy, mac and cheese come from? Mac yeah. and cheese. But, like, it's just... Cheese on, you know, uh, Tex-Mex, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with cheese just, all of a sudden. You know, so I, I feel I feel like we, as Australians, we, like, we've gone astray occasionally. <laughs> and that's okay. We actually pronounce it Australia. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do that's, that's think... That's as good as the jokes I do get. think that there are other countries that have superior comfort foods, for sure. What countries? Like India. Oh, well. All well, I mean, we've just been experiencing that. Yes. <laughs> I would say, actually, you know, you know what? It's like the, the one that, that comes up a lot is uh, in popular media is chicken soup. Yes. Yeah. You know, like as, yes. the, as the cure-all, you've got a cold, you're, you know, you're a kid, homesick from school, and your mum makes you chicken soup. And it's supposed to make you feel better. And the thing is, it kind of fucking does. I don't think it has mm. to be chicken soup. It's just like mm. a, a, a broth, you know, like yeah. a delicious broth. And that could be, you know, ramen. That could be um, uh, pie floater. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, fucking terrible, Sam. Why? Why? That's in me now. This is the problem that lives in me. But the other thing that I was thinking of that is just as wholesome and kind of makes you feel warm and safe is congee mm. and things like that. Anything that's kind of like a stock-based hearty thing that you can share and also probably built on the scarcity of, of ingredients and finance and time because it's yeah. like that's making a meal stretch a long way across a lot of people. So. Well, there are some consistencies in terms of how people would define comfort foods is that they do say they're usually simple, traditional, easy-to-make meals that can be made quickly but with lots of, like, love and stuff in mm. them. Um, the reason I have my fingers crossed was I've forgotten this one. That's on that one. See, we, we have we have a, a, a oh. method within the family of uh, crossing one's fingers when one has something to say and can't say it because we talk so much, and you wait for a quiet moment to uncross your fingers and say the thing. But and we've just it's... witnessed how ineffective that method. Well, it's more just like you can't keep two thoughts in your head at once, can you? And I had two thoughts. I can't keep one. You should have done them on the same hand. Straight off the dome, no regrets. <laughs> What were we talking about? It doesn't matter. Comfort food. Comfort food. <laughs> we're talking we... about comfort food. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Welcome to the Music and Everything podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that the interesting thing when looking at the concept of comfort food and also thinking about this concept of security as an element of it is that there is actually gender and age differentials, like differences when it comes to what is a comfort food and mm. when is a comfort food. Okay, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So there's been some there's been some studies. Just gonna eat some curry while you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna. So basically, there's been some consistencies, and obviously, like 
Mm. Mainstream media has simplified this, oversimplified it to the nth degree. But essentially, women would claim that their comfort foods are things like ice cream, chocolate, and cookies. So sweet foods. Mm -hmm. And then men, also ice cream, because universal. He doesn't love love ice cream. But then it's soup and pizza or pasta. So there was a, a Guardian article that was just like, women like sugar, men like fat sort of bullshit, but it sort of rings it a little like true. sounds like a gross oversimplification. Yes, it's a huge <laughs> oversimplification. But I think the most interesting thing Happy is apples. not really what people eat, because I also would argue that, depending on the way that they ask the question, and I'm sure you could speak to this, Samuel, about surveys, the way they ask the question <laughs> may have resulted in some interesting outcomes. But the interesting thing is when they eat comfort foods. So, when? sorry, curry burp. Curry burps. Uh, women tended, tended to eat it when they were feeling lonely, depressed, or guilty. And men use it as a reward system. Fascinating. And these these are broad generalities, right? Broad generalities. Yeah. Okay. Typically looking at samples from North America okay. as well. So, like, that's going to have a different food culture to Australia, different mm. food options as well. It's an interesting study. Like, mm. what makes you need comfort, really? Yeah. I mean, even if you take food mm. out of it, it's like, what position do you have to be in before you allow yourself comfort? Mm. And I think maybe that's part of why the male answer is different. Yeah. Mm. Because our expectations of being able to handle uh, distress without needing comfort are supposed to be higher yeah. based on mm. unreasonable societal yeah. nonsense. Um, Didn't take long to get to toxic masculinity. No, how it? many minutes are we in? Yeah. But no, I mean, my, okay, my my thing, like I'm a, I'm a very emotionally sensitive person. I know this about myself. But it's like there are... There are Times where you you just you, well I say you what I mean is I uh, there are times where I really need to reach out for something mm. and that is when I reach for comforting foods yes that's that's your pizza that's your fast food yes. that's that kind of stuff but comfort foods always come around at those ritual times mm. because that's what keeps them comfort foods like I I could get the recipe for you know mum's trifle make it all the time for the family but it wouldn't be the same. You know, it wouldn't that, be comforting. Yeah. And I think that brings up something really interesting that I was thinking about as well with comfort foods was um, because you're going to be moving house soon. I, I was thinking, why is it so lovely to do the fish and chips on moving day? What is it about fish and chips on moving day that has become this ingrained thing that it's not even like a, like we both want to do it, but you kind of feel like you have to do it because it's mm. just so in, associated yeah. well, it's, with It's a family movement. tradition a f- for, for many years because the great family, we moved a lot by just misfortune for a while. So um, we had fish and chips uh, on moving day. Yeah, you haven't unpacked in. everything. It's been all day moving. You know, yeah. you, you, we're not going to be able to cook dinner. Yeah, yeah. Get fish and chips. Fish and chips on the floor. And because it happened, yeah. again, because it happened regularly you know, mm. in a short period, that was suddenly, okay, we've invented a tradition now that we mm. actually now maintain. Like yeah, Sam and, and I, when we move, we get And we and will do the same. I'm actually curious to see whether that was picked up from somewhere or whether that is unique to us in terms of... <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, my well, parents, I don't know the etymology. <laughs> my, yeah. my parents did a similar thing on their moving day, except they don't eat fish, so they just got chips from the chippy and I think it's like just a nice signal of like we've unloaded everything you always do it at the point where it's like there's nothing left to bring in it's the punctuation it's the point to go like cool the moving part is done and that and again that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole Mm. time like one these are childhood memories for us Mm -hmm. and two it's ritual Mm -hmm. at the end of every single time we do the same thing each time that said there was one person that we know that we're quite close to that um mentioned a memory that she had um, from when she was a uh, when she was a kid with with her family 
um, about food where, where it was, you know, oh, you know how we used to always go and do this thing. Mm. We always used to go yeah, to this yeah. place and do this thing. And then an older sibling of hers told her that happened once. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she, again, because of these cartoonish memories, she had actually created like a, yeah. a this is such a beautiful memory that she'd created like a, a, oh, I loved when we used to do this. So, I mean, you could literally form a comfort food memory node yeah. off one yeah. occasion. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Actually, it, sorry, go on. I, I think that's, that's a really interesting point because I do think like we very quickly um, have this little comforting thing that we do on campus is the banana bread and coffee. Mm. And it took, I think, probably two two sessions of that for it to become like, this is so relaxing and nice and a thing that we just do that it's become like almost yeah. like a habit now. We don't even think about it that way, but it is still having that comforting I know, sort of I know, emotion. like, you know, at, on campus at uni, like when I'm stressed or something, the, the thing I would want most of all is sitting down and having a banana bread and coffee. It has like genuinely become a comfort food. That is a ritual. And another thing about that too is that We've been talking about um, childhood nostalgia, but there's also adulthood nostalgia. Mm. And you can have those same patterns and conditioning and, re- and repetition. You know, re- Conditioning is an ugly word, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> acquaintance with um, something nice. Yeah, and associations um, from, from adulthood things. That's an interesting thought that's just come up in my tiny, strange brain. Love it. Is maybe adults don't report comfort foods that aren't from childhood because they haven't become aware that that's what their routines have created mm. as adults. Interesting idea. You know, yeah. it's like maybe not, it's maybe I'm, I'm looking at this and going, oh, that's not a comfort food for me. You know, it's just what I do when I'm upset. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, because it's not a childhood it, yeah, memory. Yeah, because it doesn't have that extra um, emotional layer. I actually have one that I, that I developed as an adult from a single uh, experience. And that is the, the, the cocktail, the old fashioned. Mm. Um, I remember I was in, I was on my honeymoon overseas and I remember being in a this hotel in somewhere in Thailand. We, we, we went and we'd done all these farm trips and stuff through Vietnam. It was crazy. And then ended up in this flash hotel for some reason in Thailand and I just felt totally out of place. Uh, and I went downstairs and I sat by myself. My wife was upstairs asleep and I ordered uh, a cocktail. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Grabbed an old fashioned, had some like sticky, spicy Thai nuts. Mm. And I remember sitting there and I placed myself in that moment. And the mm. taste of that cocktail is connected directly to that. And I now have a routine. It's like whenever I actually go on holiday, I sit down and I order myself an old fashioned and that node connects to another node. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's basically like a, a like a chain of comfort back to that place where I was celebrating and experiencing being overseas for the first time. And I associate that with good things. So that comfort food for me is um, unsurprisingly liquor. Uh, <laughs> so Which I think does sort of bring into, well, because obviously we're talking a lot about food, but then there's also things like comfort drinks, like a cup of tea. A cup of tea. Um, well, cup of tea. Well-needed cup of tea made by somebody else mm. is like such a comforting and comfort thing. Like you just sort of go like, I mean, how many times have I asked you, Sam, like, <laughs> oh, you know, how about a cup of tea? And you've just like collapsed. Like that is the exact thing yeah, I need. Yeah, because you've got two states, right? Two states. Oh, no, I don't feel like a cup of tea right now. Oh, thank God. Are those you the two states tea. of being? <laughs> we found them. The duality You're of man. Forming a religion based on the need or not need for tea. That's mm. um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's You, you know what? You've really cracked it there, yeah. Sam. I can't that's believe good. it. We've my, solved it. My favorite thing is that like we can sit here and we just like more of these are cropping up as we go. Mm. Just like, again, off the dome. But like, <laughs> you know, more of these are cropping up one after another. I would actually love to hear from listeners. Send us a tweet. Put a comment on Instagram. 
let us know what your comfort foods are. If we haven't, if we haven't listed one of yours, I'd love to hear it. Are you oh, sure, sure we just, uh, yeah, well, like, I mean, yeah, no, we've listed all foods. Sure. <laughs> all the good ones. So hit us up on Twitter at TMIE podcast and uh, at the music in everything podcast on Instagram. Yeah. I remember the you things. Remember the things. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that there's something really interesting about bringing in, you know, keep coming back to childhood and stuff. And I think it's also really interesting because there is age as I mentioned earlier, there are also age differences when it comes to what comfort foods people report, self-report. And so, and I think it's generational. So mm, like right. a, people who are aged between 18 and 34 tend to report sweet foods like ice creams and cookies. People who are 34 to, four, to 54 reported things like soup and pasta and pizza. And then people who are over the age of 55 reported soup and mashed potatoes. And so also going back to that security thing, and going back to that childhood memory, different childhood, different childhood memory. memories, mm. different food availability. Very true. So, so it's like, not like I'm going to turn 55 and start craving mashed potatoes. It's more about <laughs> no, like I mean, their upbringing. We'll thing. see. Actually, I really want yeah. some fresh mutton. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to me? What happened? Um, Why did I do that voice for 55? <laughs> so what 55 year old is sitting around doing this? Um, A fresh log from the fire. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to our 60 year old parents. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. That actually does remind me of. Uh, something tangentially relevant, which was that <laughs> I was going to make for today. You guys made the curry. We got some more stuff lined up, but I was going to make uh, Yorkshire puddings uh, on behalf of my wife, whose late grandmother made Yorkshire puddings every Christmas. What is uh, Yorkshire pudding? Is like a, it's like um, if you if you take sort of the idea of cake mm. or like say a cupcake and remove the joy. Or if, <laughs> If you could take all of the happiness out of a piece of food and then dip it in gravy and have it at Christmas time, that's what a Yorkshire pudding is. It's garbage food for people who are wrong. Um, <laughs> I see. Why? My next question is why? <laughs> well, I mean, it's actually, like, I actually looked into it, uh, but it, hundreds of years they've been doing it. It's like, it used to be like a, a, a dripping cake kind of thing or a dripping pudding where it was like all of the fat that had dripped out of the, the meat was mm. sort of in the train would be cooked through that like a fatty bread kind of thing and you know often dipped in gravy and it would be something that would say fill out a meal so that people would not eat as many of the expensive ingredients if you would you know so again dr driven out of scarcity and things like that mm. and even in a modern context in terms of scarcity um, my wife's grandma late grandma Roz she had this whole thing. She wanted people to in the family to be connected to where they came from and all that. And I think it's beautiful. But she said that like the family recipe, the secret was uh, to use spoiled milk. And one, I don't know how widespread that is. Like that might be an actual thing. I haven't looked into it. But if it's not, either way, it's just kind of like I think I'd rather eat a plate of human shit um, than than that. I think it's <laughs> I think that's that's disgusting. Um, but again, that that could be something that is making the children excited mm. about the thing that you have to do so that you're spreading these resources around in like post-war rationing in the UK. That's a really you know, interesting so there's, point. I really wonder, because we even had rationing in Australia after the war. Um, so it's like, I often wonder about people of that generation, how their comfort foods and their approach to, you know, they, they save everything and everything's mm. kind of, you know, that stuff goes out of date in their cupboard and they, they leave it there, you know, based on these, like these sort of PTS from... Um, mm. Uh, from uh, rationing, yeah. You know, so, and I, th I thought that was very funny. And you know, we we all miss Roz. She was she was a beautiful, strong lady. But um, I off milk. I don't, I'm not about it. 
I mean, but there are a lot of there are a lot of recipes that do call for slightly soured milk, off milk, but they are old recipes. So mm. I think that 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 off the dome sort of yeah. uh, concept of it didn't being, have a fridge. You know, it didn't have a fridge, <laughs> but also, and also you you couldn't waste it. Like, why would you waste it? So you just made it work. And I think if it's something that is like baked, it's it's not usually a a problem. I mean, they used to feed. Children oh, I'm coddled sure eggs, like when they were sick, which is like <laughs> off eggs. So I'm like, they didn't necessarily have a good understanding of like food hygiene, but they made do with what they had. No, but I mean, yeah, like I'm clearly being facetious yes. and over the top. But it's uh, amazing that like entire culinary environments can come from that scarcity. An example I wanted to bring up in terms of comfort food stuff um, is in Hong Kong, mm. um, and it's the chash. <laughs> Cha Chung Chen, which I probably will only say once because I don't want to offend everybody who speaks Cantonese, but they're a Hong Kong tea restaurant. Um, and I found out about, uh, about uh, this from Jeremy from School of Walk on YouTube, who's making Great all this amazing um, like Cantonese, Hong Kong, Chinese food. Um, and talking about this, uh, like basically, it's essentially almost like a fried French toast and condensed milk with peanut butter. It's, oh, like, a, yes. it's like a peanut butter sandwich. It's a Hong Kong French toast. It's I incredible. made this. Did you home. really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it really? Is terrific. <laughs> it is way over the top. Wow. And so, like, the story of these restaurants is that after World War II, there was, you know, obviously there was great scarcity. So there was a use of all this canned food that was Western canned food, you know, like kind of spam sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and the the sort of idea of a tea house already existed in Hong Kong, obviously, for some time. Um, and it, it developed in this tea restaurant of this sort of modern sort of Hong Kong take on sort of Western fare using all of these things. So... You know, like serving up still to this day, like Ovaltine and like uh, a salted lemon 7-Up Ribena as drinks. That's wild. It's absolutely wild. Mm. And uh, it reminded me because of the, the milk because um, there's this like Hong Kong milk tea, um, which is made with condensed milk and strained through a large stocking and stuff. And, and it beca it's become a, a comfort food of Hong Kong. Um, and I, I love it because... It's a nostalgia based on what was likely adulthood experience, um, and a connection that maybe isn't to do with family. This is a place where you would go by yourself and get, and as you for your fifteen minutes in this crowded place, and you rush along, <laughs> empty the table again, have your one special thing. Yeah, mm. uh, and to me that that brings to light that it's not always family connection. Sometimes it can be just like human connection. Mm. That like you, it, this food reminds you of oh the break where you were comforted because. <laughs> Uh, you, uh, you were surrounded by other people. Yeah, so no matter which way you slice it, it's just deeply personal. Mm. Yeah, like it's just one hundred percent internal. We all like people are all just ideas, and <laughs> those ideas have ideas. <laughs> should we uh, should we eat some food? Yes. Like what's yes. next? What's well, on the menu? I did think that. Well, we have donuts, but yes, the interesting do. thing that you have listed here also around like Hong Kong Hong Kong um, dining is they have egg tarts, which are similar yes. to like Portuguese tarts. Yeah. Um, and we actually have a Portuguese tart. Okay. That you, we have a Portuguese tart. Do you want to go grab? The, yeah, please. Getting, yeah, yeah, please grab the Portuguese tart. So, have you ever had a Portuguese tart? I have not. I've oh, never heard of a Portuguese tart. They're the best. It's flaky pastry with like a egg custard. Oh yeah. Yeah. It? It's in the it's in the brown bag. Can you say the custard brown was some kind of dessert bag. cheese? <laughs> yeah, you know the dessert cheese. Oh, oh it's one hey. of them. So what I'm going to do is we'll cut it in half. And for the have you had a Portuguese tart before? Mm -hmm. Okay, for those who haven't had a Portuguese tart before, you need to have some. It was without a Portuguese tart. Is it from Portugal? Uh, well, no, it's from the bakery up the road. Okay. So are we chopping this in half or am I just taking a bite just take and a passing bite. it around? Yeah, 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 that's fine. It looks good. It smells fantastic. Get that, get this, that. This, this is what it sounds like. Mm. 
Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man, that's really good. It's it's sweet. It's very sweet, But yeah. it still has that kind of egginess to it, yes. so it's like a, mmm. And, of course, that pastry is just bang mm. on. Wow. Mm. Really sweet one. aftertaste, too. That you, like, you mm. don't get hit with that particular type it's of sweetness. It's quite vanilla So what did you say that was similar to? The Hong Kong egg tart. No, yeah. so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, and for, because of Portugal in not in Hong Kong. But in, um, there you go, Sam. Dig in, mate. In what was known as Canton. Um, dig in, <clears throat> eat it. Yeah, it's yeah. actually been listed, like, but the Hong Kong version of it has been listed as, like, you know, like heritage of the of the city. Wow. Oh, see, that's awesome. And again, driven by... Yeah, eat it. War-style rationing tin cans of British stuff mm-hmm. mm. leading to something that is identifiably... Hong mm. Kong. That's, mm. See, that's amazing. Um, right, you said donuts before, and now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're going to hit the donuts. So it's like, again, the consistent thing with comfort foods is it's either sweet, salty, or umami. Okay, right. There's never bitter, never sour when it's childhood nostalgia. If it's adult, like I love a good orange and poppy seed cake, but that's not sour, mm. you know. Um, so, and like this is when it's directly linked to this childhood nostalgia because children don't like sour or bitter foods. At least typically they don't. Sam's crinkly noises right now are him, is, is him preparing. Um, the service station, there, thank you very much for that. Yeah, service station ASMR. donuts uh, that yes. are truly... Truly awful because my my uh, my memory that I wanted to bring today, uh, it, given that I, I didn't make Yorkshire puddings, was one of the comfort foods that I enjoy from childhood is school tuck shop and uh, I think I don't know if tuck shop is kind of unique to Australia, but the the term would what, what would an American one be like? Uh, oh, uh, canteen. 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 Thank canteen, you, Dale. Yeah. It comes from Tucker, right? It comes from Tucker, yes. Bush Tucker, right. So it comes comes from Tucker, from Bush Tucker. I'm going to say that definitively. Um, And these are the crappy kind of donuts that are just bad and covered in like cracked chocolate icing. Um, And what I've done is I've also bought from uh, a proper baker... Uh, some really, really delightful top-notch uh, donuts to wash these down. So we're gonna have the we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have the terrible kind of school-based one. Here's one for you, Samantha. Oh, my, thank you, thank you. Oh my god, this is That's bringing around. back so this is bringing back memories. All right, hey, even the smell of that. All right, dig in. Here we go. Let's see how this goes. Mm. Oh my god, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so shit. <laughs> There's like a freckle on top. Yeah, like oh. a chocolate freckle. Mmm, chocolate freckle is a chocolate with. Hundreds and thousands on the top for people who don't have chocolate freckles in mm. the country. You see, it's the strawberry icing. Yeah, well, I see, I've got the chocolate icing. one as well. Mm. And the thing is, it's because it is pure sugar. Like, that's mm. not... Oh. In no way is this good, but that icing is pure sugar. And the, the, the irony being that we just picked those off the shelf when we were at the server earlier, and it was just... It exactly what the childhood ones tasted like at the, oh, at the tuck shop. Like, they haven't changed this recipe to make bad donuts. In the 30 years since I first had one in school. Amazing. Not amazing. Amazing. Don't applaud this. You lowered my expectation. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, like this is bad. Yeah, well, I can, I'll get, the, I'll get the, uh, the proper donuts out. These ones are handmade by a baker around the corner from this place and they're stuffed full of Nutella. So, oh, boy. Where could this go wrong? I, I feel like we're just sitting here torturing everyone listening at home. It's just like, oh, man, what? Come on. Yeah. But I think it's, it's really interesting because, like, Donuts, pasta, ice cream. Oh my god, what are you doing to me? Give me a donut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, donut, pasta, ice cream, soup. You know, these are all beige, browns, reds. Have you? Can you name a green comfort food? Um, 
No, we came across one. Did we? Because there was a... Did we? I don't remember which country someone said, but it was like a spinach dish. It was like spinach and flatbread. Oh, I suppose, yeah. The, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm very Western perspective because there's also like the scallion pancakes and stuff like that. Would I would consider yep. those to be like pretty comfort foody type. A green comfort food. A Chicken green. salt is green. Chicken salt is green. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Chicken salt over your chips and it's awful and I don't know why it exists. I is it green? Don't know if you can see colour. I'm trying to, <laughs> it's green. trying to figure out now if it's we're like just like... fluorescent green. He is subjectively colourblind, so no, it's fine. I, okay, I don't think I am. But What's ha- what are we learning now? <laughs> this is... This is what oh happened God. to your site to make All right, are we going to eat this good yeah, donut we're gonna eat, Okay, so here, this is good donut bite. This is what good donut bites sound like. Okay. Um, mm. Oh, my mm. God. Okay, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, that's what an actual donut is like, and that's that's legit. So... I have to say, for me, donuts are definitely up there on the comforting Ooh. foods. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's one of the oh my god, listen to my mouth. Oh, <laughs> if, if it's one of those, if it's one of those foods where, you know, I, I want to eat something filthy because I feel bad and I want to make myself feel less bad. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's gonna be a donut. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. I think banana bread is up there for me. I love a good carrot cake, mm. which is like it doesn't really conform to that sugary kind of oh, component. Oh, I mean, it, it totally is. And you got all the fat from the cream cheese. And of course, and it has cheese to is be some cream. kind of dessert custard. <laughs> savory custard. <laughs> yeah, right. Cheese is savory custard. And Ooh. I do think that carrot cake, if it comes with anything but cream cheese icing, is incorrect. It's false and tricksy. All right, that's a big call. It's a hot take. <laughs> I'm like, so, yeah, there's I stand this, by it. Yeah, there's this assumption as well that, um, like in general, if you talk about comfort food, and you talk especially about like a stereotypical apparently universal but not really universal stuff about like oh everyone will have chips or pizza or ice cream or donuts and those sort of like like caloric (laughs) comfort foods you know like the high calorie ones um they don't actually kind of work for everybody which is really interesting and because the psychological research into this is that um it's certain kinds of people who respond positively to that now, emotional comfort foods about based off nostalgia, that's kind of a different thing. Mm. And in terms of like, you know, it was actually a pretty cool experiment. They sort of, they get people to talk about a bad story they've had, like a fight they've had or something, and while they're eating um, chips, <laughs> like hot chips. Um, and people who had really um, positive attachments, social attachments, and what they, what they call secure attachment, but, you know, they have positive social relationships. They um, felt better after doing that, eating the chips and talking about it. And they actually rated the chips as tastier and better than the people who had more insecure social attachment and more negative view of relationships and stuff. So does this come from an association of food being shared? Like, are we talking like Mm. pre-human ancestry kind of like everyone sitting around the fire? Because, you know, like we've been Mm. with, like, we know our pre-human ancestors cooked food. Mm. You know, that's, you know, that's not news. So it's like since before we were people, we were sitting around sharing food. And I suppose if you're talking about, feeling safe than around the fire is, you know, where we're preparing the food. That is the safe place, you know, for the tribe or the group mm-hmm. or whoever. Um, and so I suppose connecting those personal attachments to the food that you're eating mm. is a natural association that we're going to make. Yeah, I think that's a... Yeah, totally. That is, that is an accurate... Uh, so I, I love, I think to sort of sum up, the thing that excites me the most about comfort food is the safety element. Yeah. It's not something I'd ever really considered before. It's not just something that makes you feel good or feel better than you did before. 
it's about taking you to a place where you feel secure and understood mm. and safe because it's attached to family. Mm. And the fact that you can create them as an adult means that you can almost learn from comfort food mm. that you know, you're never done making family mm. or growing. You can always find new beautiful memory nodes to attach to something. And I think that's lovely. That's lovely too. It's been great chatting with you guys about comfort food. I've enjoyed it very much. Mm. Well, the food. And also eating the food. Yeah, yeah I've got a lot more great. donut to go here. <laughs> you know, this is going to be some sugar rush and sugar crash, people. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for listening in. It's been really, really fun. Uh, let us know what you reckon. If you've been enjoying the episodes, please hit us up at TMIE Podcast on Twitter and at the Music and Everything Podcast on Instagram. And uh, do share the show with your friends, if you like, if you want to bother them with the sounds of us eating. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for joining us. Goodbye from me and Sam and Sam. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon.